Did you ever think about getting a computer science degree? I did, yeah. There we go. Job done. <laughs> but I didn't get one. I did a lot of research into it and decided not to. Ah, okay. Would you recommend that to someone else? Doing a science degree or not? Either. From the research, I would suggest I would recommend not doing it. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends what you want to do. I would say you don't need it for web development. Did you know from the start that web development was something you wanted to be going after then, as opposed to just programming in general? Not particularly, no. Because I came in from the Python end and I was all interested in AI, as I've mentioned previously. So I wanted to start with more sciencey stuff, but then started enjoying the web development stuff more, so kind of moved away from it. <laughs> Did you ever think about doing a computer science degree? I toyed with it for like an hour or so every now and again. I think, oh, I wonder what if but I've never realistically looked into it or considered it as a genuine option. Though I think, I, I often think, if I was to go back to when I was at school and was considering what to do when leaving school, I think a computer science degree would be one of the options. I think science, uh, computer science, physics or maths would be the options i go back to. Yeah, many times I've thought, if only I could go back to school, actually do some work. Yep, yep. And, uh, <laughs> A-level in maths, advanced maths, going to do computer science. But hey, here we are. It sounds like we've ended up running very very, very similar paths. You didn't learn from my mistakes. No. Uh, I didn't learn from my mistakes until long after you'd left university anyway, did I? So there was no... It wasn't clear that they were mistakes at the time. I was convinced that music was the way to go. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people realised they were mistakes at the time. <laughs> You're just too stubborn. Should have thought back then. It's the only last couple of years I've been thinking about that. And that's when I started up. That's why I did all the math stuff when I started out. Because I thought, right, I'm going to do this properly. I do like the idea of having a computer science degree. It feels like you would be more well-rounded. I like knowing what's going on under under the hood. So I'm reading uh, I'm reading code at the moment. I don't, have you read it yet? The one that you got me for Christmas? Yeah. No, I haven't read it yet. Ah, oh, it's fantastic. It's on my bedside table, ready to be read. But... You will enjoy it. So I've only a bit of the way through, but it starts like at the very beginning, how Braille works and oh, wow. all of that, and then how the telegraph works, and then how that really sim- starts with really simple circuits. So you're basically starting with how a light turns, you can make a light turn on, <laughs> and then how that, like flashing a flashlight is Morse code, and then, yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, fascinating. Worth a read. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's, it's, on my, it's on my list. I'll get to it eventually. I really enjoyed the stuff about in innovators about the start of Intel and like the how the transistor became a thing. <laughs> I found that really interesting. Yeah, so I, I imagine in this book we're on relays at the moment, so I think we'll be getting onto that soon. <laughs> it's explained extremely well. Oh, so does it cover like binary half adders and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, we're just learning what well learning. He's just explaining what binary is basically mm. at the moment. We're on bits, how the bit came into being and. All that sort of stuff. Does it do that thing that most of these books that I read that I read seem to do? I just finished um, Where Wizards Stay Up Late about the, the first ever kind of modems and the ARPANET and how that was all put together. Yeah, and the slight like not the blockbuster books, but the ones that are just like a level below that that are interesting because they're interesting stories, but they're not written as well as something that would hit the bestseller lists. They they do it. They do a thing where they introduce a character and then you get the next like five pages are and then this is this new person turns up and then this is where they grew up and this is who their parents were and this is where they went to school. No, no, no. Oh, see, I find that really frustrating. No. Basically, there's a paragraph on who Braille was, who his dad was, and then he just goes into explaining Braille. Oh, amazing. Oh, that's yeah. it. That's <laughs> it. I'm reading that next time. That's, that's yeah, it's great. very, it's really interesting. It's just technologically focused as opposed to person focused. He's focusing on how the technologies work and how you can understand them. I wonder if that's like me playing to the stereotype, but I'm just like, I don't care about the people. I just want to know what happened. Yeah. And he says at the beginning, he says, the way I'm writing is I'm just showing you exactly how it is. Oh, I think there's a, there's a line where he says, I'm not going to do any people on trains going into a computer to represent <laughs> ones and zeros. He just shows you the ones and zeros. 
Oh, brilliant. Oh, oh, I'm looking for, I look forward to that. That's my sick pick of the week. How very Wes Boss of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can we officially acknowledge that other code podcasts exist? I don't know. We just exist in a vacuum. No, the good thing about podcasting is that you can have hundreds of the same sort of thing and people will listen to them, I think. Yeah, I think so. Well, I listen to plenty of code podcasts, probably about 10, 15. So, yeah, I think there's room. Yeah, back to to the show, back to the show. We got got distracted by by books. Yeah, uh, I was a lot saying a couple of weeks ago that we don't read books. (laughs) Hey, we did, didn't we? Coding books, anyway. So I was saying the reason I was tempted by a computer science degree was I really like understanding what's going on under the hood. And then I started talking about code because that explains what's going on under the hood. So I don't need a computer science degree. I've got I've got the book. Um, yeah, I think that there's some some weight to that argument, I think, that you, it's more important to know it than it is to have learned it in a certain scenario. My worry would be if I went back and did a computer science degree, I would perhaps miss out on some of the more, the wider, the things that make me worldly wise that I got from a humanities degree. That I do, even though the paper is the paper that my degrees, both of them, are printed on, are pretty much worthless. I, I do, I do value the experiences that I had getting them. But also, people seem to think you need you need a computer science degree to get a job. Seems to be quite a common thing I hear or myth that people are trying to bust. I think. Yeah. Uh, do you hear people say it legitimately, or is it always in the context of you don't actually need a degree? I, I think I hear more people say, I think it's like I, I before E except after C. I think there are more instances of people saying you don't need a degree than there are that say you do. I hear lots of people saying you don't need a degree, but then I hear lots of people saying jo- some jobs will only hire people that have a degree. Mm. <laughs> and a lot of job applications I look at say you need some sort of computer science degree. Not Maybe not a computer science degree, but a technical degree. Music is not a technical one, really, is it? So that kind of puts me off mm, I say I've seen that before I think that that is just a kind of a catch all like we are hiring junior people we know that they're not going to have any experience a degree would be nice I don't I, I would bet be willing to bet if most of those particularly the ones for junior roles if you turned up with a bit of like homegrown experience and you you'd built some things and actually could did know a bit about the concepts of programming I think that would be as good mm-hmm but yeah, I think that's in a web scenario. I think there are certain, certainly what I'm realizing now that I'm kind of mixing amongst more, you know, senior circles, people who are, have been around, been around for a bit longer, who are in like getting more jobs with more responsibility. Yeah. I meet people who have big like job titles and do all sorts of stuff now. Um, <laughs> it's the weirdest. That's why everyone's the after. weirdest brag ever. But <laughs> big job title. <laughs> yeah. Look how many words. Yeah. Is in, look how many words are in my job title. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time bumping around different sized companies now and I think the scale at which the circles are getting larger as I get more experienced and I'm noticing that there are people that are that rung above me these are the ones that are deciding the architecture of massive projects and are dictating teams and what these teams do they all have a computer science degree in their background somehow you do notice working with people like that that there is a level of understanding and a level of familiarity with just computing in general and then also with the specifics of what you're doing at any one time that is does seem to be a cut above those of us that are self-taught i think in the design side like the design disciplines so front like the the front of the front end as people call it at the moment and then actually like physically designing things mm-hmm. i think those people are more likely to come from a non-computer science background because the job is much less computer science based I think a lot of these heavyweight back-end computer science people would not be able to CSS their way out of a paper bag 
but they don't need to because that's not their job role. So I yeah, guess it, exactly. depends, yeah. it depends what job you are aiming for. If you're aiming for just doing JavaScript and React and building the front end of websites, then maybe you don't need that. And even the back end, I thought I felt that the back end stuff was more computer science-y, and I guess it is in a way, but I haven't really found that I've needed too much knowledge. How's your big O notation? Yeah, my big O notation is terrible. I know what it is. I wouldn't be able to whiteboard it for you, that's for sure. <laughs> there are certain jobs where it's the right decision to have a computer science degree, but you need to know that when you're starting your degree or picking a degree. So you need to know I, what job job you're aiming for. I know, which I think is an impossible ask sometimes. I don't... Yeah. yeah. I certainly, yeah, obviously having not picked my life path until I was about 27 was in no position to be deciding what I want to do in my life when I was 18, 19. That was such a bad idea. Who let who lets teenagers decide what they get to do? It's terrible. Maybe it was just you, Tom. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Me as a teenager, yeah. Most other I imagine most others are, are quite sensible and <laughs> make good decisions. Well, everyone makes bad decisions. Hmm. But yeah, there are certain things. So if you wanted to say get a job at one of the Fang companies, you are familiar with the Fang? Company? I'm not. No. Uh, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix. Google Fang Fang yeah Fang with a long A um, if you want to get the job there I think going to a city where where they are so like go to London for instance if you want to work for Facebook um, because they have an office there and Google do as well I think um, and go to Imperial or somewhere and get a first class honours degree in some kind of really deep computer science thing maybe even get a doctorate and then I think you'd walk into a graduate level job at those kind of places and I think there are like the big enterprise companies have graduate schemes as well. There is a graduate mm. path that is not open to someone at that same level who's got three years of working in a web agency experience instead of having got the degree. So for those specific jobs, they, they're looking for that sciencey side of things. Mm -hmm. And I suppose you'll be in a role where you're not really doing React or stuff like that. You'll be I, more... I, I, no, I think you, yeah, you could well be, you could well end up doing that, but you'd come at it from a different perspective. So you'd be doing like the maybe the layer but you wouldn't be putting the fine polish on the design but you would be making the thing work to a to a certain level and that's you could easily be doing that if you had that kind of a role but that's what we that's what we do i suppose isn't it or you do more than me you you make stuff work i suppose <laughs> that's why you're that's why people pay you to do the job isn't it tom <laughs> no well at the, yeah, well, at the moment I, I get paid to, to polish the great work that people with computer science degrees have done <laughs> ah, ah. Okay. They've got it down to the twenty-two. It's just my job to take it over the line. And <laughs> so I get, I get the glory. I'm the the winger in this scenario. Are you sure they're not <laughs> taking it to the five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, the hard, the hard final yards. That's what I call it. I think yeah, probably okay. what everyone else calls it is just like you know the polish at the end. It doesn't really matter. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, depends on your perspective. I think we're digressing slightly in the kind of the job roles thing, but I think there is a solid argument for not having a degree and getting some getting some actual experience because particularly if I was if I was running a web agency and was hiring developers to make websites and I had the choice of someone who had been to university for three years on a computer science degree and was fresh out of university versus someone who had spent three years doing something else I'd be more like more inclined to take the person who'd done something else mm. and that's even before getting into the discussion of what that something else might be yeah but if any of that something else involves even a shred of actual industry experience I'd be much more likely to hire someone who has you know, worked in an office like with colleagues and had to deal with a project manager for instance that's a much more valuable skill but that's your opinion isn't it as someone who's not got a computer science degree whereas people up at the top might have come from computer science degrees and think hmm. oh there might be a kind of an in what's that word ingrained into the 
into the thinking of the people hiring. Yeah, yeah. You can't get past personal prejudices, but I've been employed by all sorts of different people and they degree or lack of degree has never been an issue. It's never even come up as an it's never come up as a question, to be honest. I mean it's it's on my C V so they know that I don't have one. But it's never, oh what did you do in your degree? It's what did you do in your last position? Mm-hmm. What, what what projects have you worked on? That's what gets you jobs. Yeah. In at the kind of building websites kind of level. As you get more software focused or more product focused, I think it does shift slightly. Um, but then again, with front, if you're after a front end position, even at a big company, even doing kind of enterprise scale kind of stuff, the degree isn't needed. Yeah. And you probably you probably get where you want to go faster by not having the degree by spending that time yeah, doing other things. Yeah. Okay. Back in uh, two years ago, <laughs> I just found this uh, screenshot on my phone of a bit from a, a guy called Lorenzo Pasqualis. On he's got a site codahood.com, and he's got an article about five CS degree myth busting software engineering fact. And fact number four, he gives a kind of a list of the things you need to know. So I was going to run them off and see if you agree. Okay. Yeah. So base N concepts. That's number one. Base N. Oh, it's, okay. So like binary, hexadecimal. That sort of thing. Yeah, gotcha. Number numbers in base other than ten. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Does that ever come up? Hex comes up. <laughs> Hex comes up all the time. Binary not so much. Um, octal comes up sometimes when you're looking at character encoding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next is binary operations. As in shifting, like logic, and... less uh, if and nor exclusive yeah, or that, that sort kind of stuff. stuff. Oh. Yeah. Yes, that does. I think knowing like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boolean logic more so more so than just regular okay. binary stuff. Yeah. Algorithmic complexity and big O notation. I think we know the answer to that. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's a. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah. I guess it's important, isn't it? Knowing if you are building a database or something, that uh, yeah. your algorithm isn't going to take mm-hmm. an extremely long time. It, you don't need to have real details, but at least yeah. the passing knowledge. I guess. I would want someone on my team to know that for sure. Yeah. Data structures is next. Yep. So yeah. arrays, linked lists, mm-hmm. B trees, queues, stacks, hash tables. See, all, all, sets, I know, all I know about graphs. them, really, is what I've got from the Base CS podcast. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a good podcast. Yeah. Yeah. A, link, a linked list has never once come up in the last seven years of me doing stuff. Yeah. Six years, whatever. But I guess things like arrays and queues and uh, maybe when to use them as opposed hmm. to yeah. how to build them. Um, sorting algorithms. Yeah, that is that is useful, but sometimes it's sometimes you just need to know how JavaScript.sort works. But to know, have a little awareness under the hood it's kind of useful for broader picture stuff, but yeah. I wouldn't hire or fire someone based on whether they knew that or not. Yeah, and then there's a couple that I don't understand. There's something called basic understanding of NP completeness. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, so that's a, like, P versus NP is a, is the problem knowable? <laughs> is it? Okay. I, don't, I, I, I don't, I can't even begin to explain. Okay, I'll, explain we'll, it. I'll go and look but, that one up. But look it up. Uh, the traveling salesman problem is a thing that's yeah. in there. And it, there's like a class of problems that are like MP complete, I think is what they call it. Uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, um, yeah. Basic multi threaded algorithms. Yeah, that's useful. So like asynchronously doing stuff. Async stuff, okay. The multi threaded thing is not so much async in a, in a client scenario, but like maybe bumping stuff off to workers or what have you. But that's more important when you're looking at like actual programming rather than web stuff mm-hmm. memory management and garbage collection I don't use a language that bothers with garbage collection so I... it says here just because you code in a language that takes care of memory <laughs> management for you it doesn't mean you can get away with not understanding it oh you saw me coming but I argue differently I think you can get away with it I don't care I don't want to have to garbage collect I don't want to have okay. to worry about pointers 
Okay. Well, that was the next one. <laughs> Thank you. Pointers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it says you need to at least understand the concept, even if you don't code in C or C++, and the difference between passing parameters by value or reference. And that's something that's come up for me. Is it? Referencing a list, as, like a list existing in one place in memory, and then you referencing it as opposed to like copying the list. I've had bugs due to that in mm. Python before. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's, I suppose there's a, yeah, knowing whether something's, a reference or yeah it does come up yeah from time to time mm-hmm. and then the next two are kind of uh, a bit connected so uh, oop object oriented programming uh-huh. concepts mm-hmm. and object oriented design and patterns mm-hmm. yeah you need to you need to know it because a lot of stuff's written in it i don't write it myself i'm i take a more sort of functional approach um or try to if you're reading something else then yeah yeah you need to know what's going on yeah you're gonna that's gonna come up yeah recursion yep need that absolutely optional some basic understanding of dynamic programming, greedy algorithms, and amortized analysis, string matching, and approximation algorithms. Uh, they're, they're very optional, in my opinion. <laughs> so the majority, so the majority of that list, it actually sounds like you do kind of need that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, if we go through lists as well, um, so this is Rebecca Murphy's baseline for front-end developers, which is from april 2012 now we i know we say that tech moves very fast tom that's quite seems quite a long time ago now <laughs> yeah i'm just well it sounded like your one was you did from a couple of years ago yeah a couple and, of years ago yeah and then this was something that i looked at and i haven't looked at since but i remember looking at it and thinking oh i know hardly any of these things and then made a distinct effort to learn a few things based on this list yeah and it definitely helped me move along then i wanted to see how relevant it is now just need to know JavaScript. That's, that's fine. Need to know Git. Yep, that still still stands. Uh, modularity, dependency management, and production builds. Yes, that still applies. Uh, in browser developer tools, definitely still need to know them for sure. Yeah, still just as useful as they ever were, and in fact, even more useful than ever. I think mean, a lot of people. Maybe in a future episode, we could talk about view source and if it's useful or not. And I would say don't need it anymore. Browser tools are the new new view source. And next on the list is the command line. Yep, you still need to know that <laughs> for sure. Uh, Client side templating. Yeah, taking data, applying that into a template that produces markup, still a thing. Mm-hmm. CSS pro- preprocessors is maybe probably the thing on here that's most dated uh, because that is now starting to fall out of favor. So a lot of people are using post-CSS instead of SAS and things, so moving away. And CSS itself now supports variables and some kind of more complicated math or maths functions. So the next thing on this list is testing, which you definitely need to know. Unfortunately. <laughs> Um, process automation so rake make grunt etc this is kind of similar to Mm -hmm. a couple of other things but we have a make file in all our projects as a a kind of a way of standardizing things the the list that you said and the list that I've just shown um, are examples of some of the fantastic resources that are available that you don't need to go and get a degree so if I was hiring someone now and they had read the Rebecca Murphy thing and knew everything that was on that baseline for front end developers they're still very employable now Whereas if you were coming straight out of a web development computer science course, I'd be less inclined to trust that their knowledge was sound. When you say web development computer science course, what are you referencing there? Oh, there, there are there are courses where you can go and you can learn web development, uh, like a boot camp. Uh, not some well, maybe a boot camp. Um, boot camps are an in between thing. So I guess we should talk about the alternatives. Really, a degree you think of as a three year course that is supported by a university of some kind. I think it might be slightly different in the US or somewhere, but it's you're running you're working to a curriculum and that curriculum has to be signed off and if you're doing computer science and you're learning big o notation and stuff like that that doesn't change like maths hasn't changed in the last <laughs> however many years 
Um, whereas front end stuff, if you're going on a course and they're teaching you HTML, the HTML spec, and they're teaching you about task runners, so like you, maybe they're using Grunt or Gulp or something, that stuff does age very quickly. By the time you go through a web development focused degree course, you're going to come out at the end a little bit a little bit behind people who have maybe done an apprenticeship instead or or have just got work experience in that time. Yeah, I think it's important that the skill if you're going down the web route and you're not so focused on software, I think it's much more important to get real world experience in the industry because you can get taught all the specifics. Nothing there's nothing there that's impossible to learn. That's something I've read before is people saying it's all well and good having a CS degree, but there are people that get to the end of a CS degree and they can't even write a script or maybe not a script, but they can't write a website or they can't write a project mm. that they can come up with them themselves. They've just kind of just followed the curriculum through and not yeah. they've not shown their own interest into it. They've just chosen it as a course. They're not going to be very useful in a production environment, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does that makes complete sense. I think there's a, a level of actually seeing a project through and deploying something in a real world environment that just doesn't seem to be coming through on people who have got formal website development qualifications. You don't they don't seem to learn that until <laughs> till they actually hit the coalface and they're actually working in an agency or for a company. Yeah, but I kind of get angry at that because I think, well, look at us, we're doing it ourselves. <laughs> so imagine if we could have had the computer science degree and on the side we're also doing it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah. I mean in retrospect, a degree is... I mean, I imagine the amount of programming I could have learned doing my music degree. There was so much dead time there. Yeah. In my course, we even had a... There's like a, a creative music computing aspect of it. I don't know why I didn't choose that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very Goldsmiths, so it wasn't quite like this. When I was looking at doing a computer science degree, there are a couple of places I looked. There's, in the UK, there's something called the Open University where you kind of... It's for people that are older um, and who want to do a degree. Um, I think it's a bit cheaper than your average degree. And it's um, not and resi- it's not residential, is it? No, and that's the thing. Yeah, it's kind of all done online. I toyed with it for a long time, but then figured it might not have quite the same weight because a lot of de- it's great that you've got a degree maybe, but what's the point in doing all that, those three years of work if at the end of it, jobs that you're applying to go, oh, we don't take degrees from there. You may as well, like you just said, spend that three years working on your own projects and working on things that are actually going to make you more employable than just going through a degree there's a definite degree there's a difference between a degree in computer science from imperial or from oxford or from cambridge than there is from a degree in computer science from noesville noesha yeah definitely so as i was doing this research another one i found was the open source society university so there's a there's a github repo that is just kind of a list of what it's just it's a curriculum for an open source computer science course i guess so they have prerequisites there's like a little intro bit core computer science and then there's programming math systems theory application and they link to all these different courses so in the core cs core programming the first course is how to code simple data duration seven weeks effort eight to ten hours a week no prerequisites so they kind of give you a layout of different courses you should work that they advise that you should work through and everything they link to is free and i looked at this and i kind of i planned it all out as well um in a kind of an excel document because i had all the weeks so i had my next i had two years i think left at this time until i was moving mm-hmm. so i listed out the two years and then it was it was too long <laughs> i couldn't fit everything in so it's a serious like they're planning this out as an equivalent to a degree course like, it's that scale of knowledge yeah it seems very serious indeed <laughs> mm. in terms of the knowledge that you need to know for it looking through the repo now having you've sent it to me uh and it 
Yeah, it looks pretty thorough. I think you'd, if you did everything on here, you'd come out very employable. Yeah, I bet you would. But it's it's that <laughs> doing it yourself, isn't it? That mm. motivation to spend. They say you should be doing six different courses. You should be doing it once. Each one is eight to twelve hours a week, or four to eight. One of them's four to eight hours a week. It's just you're not going to have that time. <laughs> That's too much of a commitment for normal people, really, isn't it? Yeah. You could probably get a job quicker by just hacking around and learning like current things as opposed to going through this course. But at the end of this course, I guess you might be able to find better jobs. So what are the realistic alternatives then to doing a degree or an equivalent like amount of learning? Um, so I'm, the reason I bring that up is because I was chatting to some guys at a, a local one of the local dev meetups down here who are or one of the one of them was on a on an apprenticeship scheme and we've had at places i've worked in the past i've been involved in sort of selecting apprentices and like signing up for those kind of schemes and they seem pretty good um so if you're seriously looking if you're seriously looking at what to do upon leaving school and you don't think university is for you an apprenticeship is definitely worth looking at certainly here in the uk where it's a an official scheme so you're still getting a qualification at the end of it um and you have maybe like a certain amount of hours per week taught in university so you have to go to go to class once a week or once every couple of weeks but the rest of the time you're in the trenches in a company who take you on as an apprentice and you get paid to do it i mean it's not like masses but it's yeah, it's better than paying to do it <laughs> to be honest. yeah um and you're getting like you're getting yeah, depending where you go you can be you can just be given work to do basically or you can be mentored and supported i think a lot of that depend there's a lot of vagaries that depend on the people that are actually taking on the apprentice i think there are places you got to watch out for who would take one on because part of their salary gets subsidized if you're part of the scheme so the company pays like half and the course or the the, the um educational body that's awarding the awarding it will then front the cost of the other half of the salary i think something like that so some people do it just to get cheap labor and then that person finds themselves like forever doing all the horrible things that no one else wants to do or or they're just making tea for a year <laughs> Yeah, uh, two years. I think it's a two-year course, the the standard one. But if you can get that in a good place, that's willing to take you on as someone who is not going to be like instantly the most productive employee, but who they are looking to, like, it's a good way to get someone completely inexperienced trained up in a two-year period, and at the end of which they are much more employable and know the way that your company works as well. So it's, it's quite attractive from a company's point of view, who particularly when finding motivated juniors is sometimes quite hard time and time again we kind of come back to seems we come back to the not it's not necessarily all the skills that you have at that current time but how willing you are to learn and i guess that shows if you're an apprentice and you can show that you're willing and able and keen then that's going to be more useful than having spending three years doing a computer science degree where you're kind of just plodding along no you're absolutely right that's a much better sign it's a much better indicator of enthusiasm and career trajectory so maybe if i went two years ago or three years ago and i had mm -hmm. the option of say i was lucky enough to have the money to be able to go and do a computer science degree and live at the same time which mm -hmm. is kind of a stumbling block for a lot of people i bet uh, not having that money and i didn't would you take that over maybe trying to go in for a really junior role at a company like an apprenticeship i guess but for people i think there probably are plenty of instances of people who have done that got a very junior position and just worked their way up my personal opinion is that it's better to know a bit more and start a little bit ahead of the curve mm -hmm. spend a year honing your skills while you're doing something even holding down another job even um and living your life but at the same time learning more puts you in a better position or do an apprenticeship or get i'm i'm always on the fence about boot camps um sometimes i think 
a lot of people have just set them up because oh it's a good good reason to take people's money and we can a lot of a lot, them are quite expensive yeah and a lot of them promise the world don't they it's in the advertising material for some of them is do this and you will walk into a six figure salary when you finish hmm. well i um well i was thinking about doing one as well but that was i think it was it looked quite intensive and looked like you'd learnt quite a lot in it but yeah you did have to pay a lot of money hmm. um but yeah they were promising they said 97 percent of our candidates get jobs within the first two months but i don't know i guess they all have to try and sell themselves yeah and the would those people have got jobs anyway <coughs> without the boot camp yeah that's because they're point. the sort of people that are motivated to go and apply to all this kind of thing and have that interest i would be very i would urge caution if you're thinking about a boot camp look and research it properly and have a real sense of what the people who've done that course previously have gone on to do because like, sometimes it could be a good i mean if there's a, a particular course that has really good connections in the industry then that could be a fantastic way in that's the introduction you could say oh i went on this course that this company knows about that company's going to look like you're going to get to the top of the pile if they recognize the kind of qualifications that you've done and they know the standard to which you're educated but i think there are a lot of people out there setting up bootcamp courses just to take money and um, because it's easy yeah so i guess like recruiters there are good ones out there but you've got to make sure that you can find them <laughs> yeah i think probably the ratio of good to bad bootcamps is better than it is to bad recruiters i think they're probably more probably more than 50 percent of them are worth doing yeah maybe you've got to have that initial outlay of the money and be be confident in it yeah yeah which is a risk yeah whereas if you can land yourself an apprenticeship or like a junior position you're getting paid yeah. for that time but i guess to summarize we're saying as always it depends is that the, is that the <laughs> conclusion we can't say that every episode can we <laughs> i don't want to but it really does i think if you're after a big enterprise fang job get a degree i guess it depends on what stage you're at as well because if you're in a current job already then it's not really an option unless you unless you've saved up enough money to pay for a degree plus to pay for somewhere to live plus to pay for food i don't think it's i don't think it's doable in the scenario where you've got a career that allows you to save up that much money and take that much time off as well to get an entry-level graduate position job you're going to be taking a pay cut so it's a yeah. quality of life thing. you want to move sideways at least if not move upwards yeah, um, I think the, the the reason for every, anyone moving over to code would be even if it's a sideways move at the start, it's because they think they can make more and have a better life for themselves in the long run, which I think is true. Maybe they just, or maybe they just enjoy coding more than their current job. No one just enjoys coding, do they? <laughs> well, I think I do. <laughs> that was a joke. I know everyone. I think everyone I work with and have worked with enjoys coding at some level. Yeah. It's one of the good things about the industry. It's, it's driven by, it's, it, in, a, in a small way, it's similar to kind of film and television and music in that there are a lot of people that just want to do it for the fun of doing it. Um, but because it's more practical than like acting or poetry, you can you can actually build things that are of value that you can then sell. So it is, <laughs> it's good. I think a lot of people do it just for the love of doing it and actually are able to be successful at it. So coming back to not having enough money to do this, I think there is there are options where you can kind of do a conversion course, like a master's mm-hmm. into IT. And well, that is a, that is a pathway. Uh, so if you're doing law, you can you can do a, a regular degree and then do a law conversion course and then do an LPC and a GDL and stuff. Um, it kind of jumps. So you'll have done four years in which you have done a three year degree in whatever you like, and then the conversion at the end that puts you in the same position as someone who's done the three-year specifically law course. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you've left it 10 years or mm. something since you did your last degree, I think there are options for like, IT 
master's course but in the grand scheme of things i probably think it's better to do some of the other options that we've discussed yeah i think you're right building up that portfolio <laughs> yeah i think that's a good place to round things off it depends is as usual our answer but that's that's the great thing about podcasts we've been able to talk through the the different options yeah it depends on specific things it's not just it depends generally it it depends what you want to do afterwards what situation you're in now and what your like industry goals are like what kind of position you want to be in afterwards dictates what you do so thanks again for listening and make sure you subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast yep please do that it really helps and we will catch you next time Ta-ra. bye I keep I keep making I keep just doing really low energy responses. So I'm trying to each one I'm trying to like follow up with. A, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we'll just do a few of those. Recruiters are awesome. <laughs> oh, you hit the nail on the head there. That is exactly what I was thinking.